Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala eşrefil enbiyeyi vel mursalin Muhammedur Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve aleyhi ve sellem. Tesliman kathiran kathira. Fama badu. Today I thought I will address some of the common mistakes that we make in salah and all of these things which I am telling you I have seen happening here at the masjid. Older people, younger people, everybody. So let us start with those. It is very important to ensure that we do not make these mistakes because some of these mistakes, they make the salah faulty. Other mistakes completely invalidate the salah. The salah is gone. You have to repeat the salah. So it is important to know <coughs> what are these mistakes. We start first with the clothing. The clothing of the person must cover for the man it must cover his satar. For the man it is from above his belly button to below his knees. Right? Above the belly button to below the knees. This satar must not become visible, must not get exposed at any point in the salah with or without the person's knowledge. Now the most common thing which I see happening is two things. One is people wear shorts. Those shorts when you stand are, they seem to be just below the knee, just below the knee. But when you sit in the shahod, it, it rides up. So your knee is exposed. Your salah is gone. Your salah is not valid anymore. Many times the person sitting down can't see that because of his angle of vision. But I have seen it many times when I'm leading salah, I turn around, this guy's knees are exposed. Salah is null and void. Another thing which people do is they wear these, uh, what I call miskin trousers. Right? Trousers with holy trousers, with, with holes in them. And some of those holes are at the point of the knee. So, your knee is exposed. Third thing which happens, which is even worse, which is that people wear trousers which are which they wear low and they wear short t-shirts. So when they go in ruku or sujood, then their behind is exposed and sometimes, subhanallah, that is like, you know, you have to ask yourself whether your, your own wudu is there or not. Now, obviously that person's salah is gone. And please remember, <coughs> it doesn't matter whether anyone saw it or not. You might say, I'm praying alone. Doesn't matter if you're praying alone. Your salah is invalid because the body got exposed. For the women, the satar is the whole body except the face and the hands. Everything else should be covered. If it gets exposed, then the salah is invalid. Third thing with regard to clothes is wearing clothes with writing on them, especially at the back. Now you might say, why is the back important? Because in salah, in a state of salah when you are praying, if you read something in some language other than Arabic, then your salah is invalid. So if you have got something written on the back, maybe it is Nike or just do it or whatnot, the person praying behind you is going to see that. He's going to read it. So his salah, is, his salah will get invalidated because of you. So don't wear things with slogans written on it and so on and so forth. Uh, try to avoid that. That's, you know, if there is something in the front, maybe it's not so bad, but definitely at the back, try not to do that. That's the, as far as the clothing is concerned. Second one, in the clothing also, let me say, masa on socks. The, the, the masala of masa on socks is that you first make wudu, where you wash your feet and so on. Then you put on your socks. After that, 
if you are muqim if you are staying in the place where you normally stay then for 24 hours if you are traveling then for 72 hours 3 days you can make masa over your socks meaning you can wipe over your socks the way to wipe over the socks is right hand on right foot left hand on left foot on the top just once that's it it's not below just once on the top so right hand on the right foot left on the left you can do this masa so say for example you you washed your feet you put on your socks uh, then your wudu breaks you make you make wudu you make masa you pray after that you feel hot you take off your socks now is your wudu there or not gone wudu is over right so now you have to wash your feet all over again and make wudu so if you once you make masa on the socks if you take the socks off the wudu is gone so please remember that okay then we i think the socks has to be long enough Oh yeah, thank you. Socks must be long enough to cover the ankles. So above the ankles. Sometimes you have these. Sometimes you have these socks which are like like these are no it must be longer. Yeah, longer than that. So if the ankle is uh, is exposed, then masa is not valid. So uh, must be over the ankle. You can also make masa over the shoes. Supposing you are traveling somewhere, you don't want to take off your socks. You can you make wudu uh, and you put on your socks and shoes. Then when you break the wudu. Then you make masa over the shoes, but then the same thing applies. If you take off the shoes, wudu is gone, right? So and then you can't make masa over the socks. You have to take the whole thing off and wash your feet uh, to do that. If you if you uh, make masa over the shoes, if you make masa over the shoes, then the prayer must be with the shoes on. Obviously, you can't go into a masjid with that. But if you are praying outside somewhere and so on, you can pray with your shoes on. And uh, the for the prayer, you must not remove the shoes. If you remove the shoes, wudu is gone. Next thing is Takbir Tahrima, which is the first Takbir Allahu Akbar where we raise the hands to the ears. This is Rukun of Salah, this is a pillar of Salah. Without the Takbir Tahrima, Salah is not valid. It is you are not considered to have entered the Salah if you did not make Takbir Tahrima. The reason I'm saying that is many times I see the Jamaat is happening. Maybe the Imam is in Ruku or maybe they are in Sujood. Somebody comes in a hurry and they just come straight and they go into Ruku, or they come straight and they go into sujood because they are in such a hurry to catch the salah. You have not caught the salah; your salah is invalid. You have not entered the salah at all. What you are doing there is not salah, right? It is the rukun. It is compulsory for you to say Allahu Akbar, and then, of course, if you also can say sana, very good. But even if you don't, just say Allahu Akbar, and then you go into whatever position the uh, jamaat is in. Now another thing which I see happening is that say the jamaat is in sujood. The person comes, he says Allahu Akbar, then he goes into ruku, he stands up, then he goes into sajda. Again salah is invalid. Because you are praying behind the imam, when you join the salah, you join in the position where the imam is. You don't join before and after, right? So if the imam is in sajda, you join in the sajda. You don't make ruku on your own and then into sajda, sajda that's not valid. Alright, now when you say catch a rakat, you mean get the ruku. So if you got the ruku, you got, the, you got that rakat. If you did not get the ruku, then that rakat has to be made up. There is no need to hurry. Rasulullah said when you go to catch the jamaat, he said walk with dignity, with waqar. Don't run, don't uh, hurry. Uh, walk there, join the jamaat and whatever you miss, you make up. So Alhamdulillah, no problem. As long as you catch the jamaat before the imam makes the first salam, you have caught the jamaat. 
right and obviously don't delay so much but in case you get delayed doesn't matter even if you get join just before the imam makes the salam your uh, jama is valid alhamdulillah you can make up the whole salam right so these are some of the mistakes which i uh, which i see happening uh, another thing which I, which a lot of people do is they recite loudly when they are praying behind the imam right so loudly is not by voice but you know by, by maybe a loud whisper or something in the salah it is disliked for you to pray in a way which disturbs the person praying next to you right so by all means of course if you, if you to to mouth the uh, the ayat which you are say there's nothing wrong with that but if you are doing it so loudly at tashahud or what not somebody else is praying they are getting disturbed their uh, you know concentration goes so do, don't do that do whatever you do softly all right any questions anybody yes so you have to pray twice when you enter the third ruku what do you mean twice like you say allahu to start it there are several opinions but i will give you the strongest of the opinions and that is imam malik's opinion there are some people who said that the hadith of Hura radiallahu he said that without suratul fatiha salah is invalid he said it is necessary for every person to himself recite suratul fatiha because suratul fatiha is rukun of salah so without suratul fatiha he said la salah illa bi fatiha al kitab there is no there is no salah without the fatiha of the kitab so that's one opinion so individually you must whether the imam is reciting not reciting whatever you must recite this is one opinion another opinion is you are following the imam and this is the hanafi opinion if you are following the imam the imam's recitation is for you so you don't have to do anything so you will find a lot of people they will come and they will simply stand like this right the best opinion on this the, the strongest opinion is that of imam malik rahmatullah imam malik said where you can hear the imam reciting which is the first two rakat of the first salah where the imam is reciting you need not recite because the imam's recitation is for you but where the imam is khufiya is silent then you must recite because you must that fatiha is rukun so in the this, the other one rakat in maghrib or the two rakat in isha you must recite suratul fatiha and the dalil for that is because for example in tashahud right do you do do you pray do you say tahiyat or not you say why are you saying it imam is doing it so suppose somebody says i, will, I need not do tahiyat i need not do durud ibrahim in nothing i will do nothing i will not do uh, the, the tasbih in uh, sujood or ruku you will say you are crazy your salah is you know what do you mean you know imam is imam is doing only as far as the recitation of quran is concerned rest of it you have to do anyway right so similarly the recitation of suratul fatiha where you do not hear the imam because the imam recites only in the first two rakat of the first salah where there is loud recitation in in zohar and asar he does not recite so in zohar and asar you you recite suratul fatiha in all the four rakat and in the in maghrib in the second rakat and in in isha in the two rakat you recite suratul fatiha inshallah two other matters one is the issue of rafaidain which is raising your hands rafaidain means to raise your hands there are two ahadith or for before that you will find people do two things one is you you will find some people they will raise their hand for takbir tahrima allahu akbar to enter salah and after that they do not raise their hands 
and they do the whole salah without raising their hands again. That's one way. The second way is where they raise their hands for takbir tarima, Allahu Akbar. Then they raise their hands before they go for into ruku. Then they raise their hands when they come back up from ruku, and then. Uh, in the third rakat, when they stand up from the from the tashahud, they will again raise their hands. So these are two ways which you will see. Now, first uh, thing to make a statement here is that both the ways are correct. So if you see somebody who is not raising his hands during the salah, except for once when he entered the salah, he is correct. He is not making a mistake. And similarly, if you see somebody who raised his hands for for uh, takbir tahrima. And after that, he is raising his hand when he is saying Allahu Akbar, going into Ruku, coming back from Ruku. That also is correct. The dalil for this is, for the first one, which is raising your hands only once, the hadith is narrated by Abdullah ibn Masood anhu, who said that he saw Rasulullah praying and he raised his hand only once. This is the dalil that Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi took as his dalil and that is his fatwa and therefore you will find the Hanafi people they will raise their hands only once in Takbir al-Tahrimah and not otherwise. This dalil is good. Alhamdulillah, this hadith is sahih and that method of praying is perfectly valid. The second uh, way is, the, is the, the dalil for that, the evidence of that is the hadith of Ibn Abbas who said that Rasulullah raised his hands in this way, which is Takbir al-Tahrimah, he raised his hands. And then he raised his hands when he went into Ruku and when he stood up from Ruku and in the uh, third rakat before he, in the beginning of the third rakat. So this hadith is, for all, is also sahih. This, this dalil is also good. And this is the dalil of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumma. This is the dalil that Imam Ahmad and uh, Imam Shafi and so on took. And therefore, if you see people praying in that way, they are also doing it correctly. There is nothing to criticize in either of these two things. Um, the final point is, how do you uh, fold your hands or not fold your hands after you enter Salah? You will find three different things. One is you will find people who, after Takbir Tahrimah, they fold their hands rather higher up on the chest. Now, not under your nose or not under your chin, not in, not in your throat, but say higher up in the chest, uh, they will fold their hands left hand below, right hand on top, and that is where they hold their hands when they are praying. This method is fine. There is nothing wrong with that. Another method is where people fold their hands lower down around the belly button uh, or the waist of the belly button, and this method is also correct. The first method is how the Shawafi, the people of Imam Shafi who, who uh, follow him, they pray. The second method is the Hanafis pray in that way. Third thing you will find is people who pray with their hands by their sides. They do not fold their hands at all. Now, those people can be one of three. They can be either Ibadi, these are the people mostly in Oman, or you, they can be Maliki, people following Imam Malik, or they could be Shia. So either of those three, that, that is their method of praying, hands by the side. That also is one of the, one of the ways in which Rasulullah prayed. Therefore, that way of holding your hands by your sides is also correct. So if you see somebody praying that way, don't criticize them. That is their way. Alhamdulillah, there is no problem with that either.